Hello, you've found Rebirth, a podcast about women saving lives by living their own. My name is Kate Breton and I'm your host. I've been fascinated with people's stories since I was really little. And today we have Jade Groff with us sharing her story. Jade, if um, I shall share with you, has had one of those journeys that perhaps as we hear her tell her own tale might have felt circuitous. But I often listen to stories of people that journey through to mastery and service and hear how those seeds were planted way, way, way back. And yet the faith and trust in continuing a journey, not knowing exactly where it may take you, is part of the learning and is part of um, having the space and the confidence to share whatever craft you've learned with another person. Jade is um, what what was, I think that's, in, you know, Stay with me. Dave was a nurse. She's a midwife, and her calling now is to awaken and restore your pelvic health. Um, she'll share with us her journeys and how RVGO and holistic pelvic care um, has really come in as the bridge work for over 24 years working in women's holistic health and empowerment. Her website is journeywithjade.com. She tells you that she, with this journey with her, will be from pain to pleasure, judgment to acceptance, trauma to wholeness. Jade also has a line of um, flower essences and and herbal medicine. And if if the phrase herbal medicine, we talk about it, is something that you're not really sure of, I can tell you that Jade's products are a great place to start. Some herbs you may work with, you need um, to be walked through with somebody who who knows if they're too strong or where they're guiding you but like you can go on to journeywithjade.com and get her self-love tea and it is just a hug um, in a time where all of us have adrenal fatigue and there is you've heard this through a lot of guests this year um, this podcast is coming out in 2020 is the unspoken um, weight of those that are tending to children with so much in our natural uh, cycles a daily interaction um, crimped and uh, stifled this year that silence of um, carrying and holding really fell on the weight of those that were tending to children and Jade this is not this episode is by far not just for mothers and you might not even be a mother but be the one tending the children I think that's an important thing to talk about because although Jade will talk to us about pelvic health there is also this stunning sharing she has about the need for mother whether we are mothering others or mothering ourselves and how cultivating a relationship and caring for our pelvic health is not new um, is not extraordinary it is uh, necessary and an act of self-care. So thank you for listening today. As always, I appreciate you guys. Um, If you enjoy Rebirth, please help support our stories by liking and subscribing. You could even leave a um, review. That's super helpful. Well, it might help somebody else find us. Wherever you enjoy listening, share with a friend or hop onto the Anchor homepage easily found at capebratton.com and become a Rebirth supporter. One cup of good coffee helps bring inspiration and beauty right to your ears. Thank you for listening, family. Have a beautiful day. Hi, Jade. Hi, Kate.
I am so happy to have you on Rebirth. And I know it's the right time because we've been trying to get you on Rebirth for a while. That is true. I'm <laughs> excited to be here with you. I, yeah, I, um, I've known Jade for a while, um, but I've heard it even before I met you, which I, I guess we could do like dates, but I, let's say 15 plus years ago. I'm pretty sure it's longer than that, but we'll just put it in that genre. Yeah. Before I met you, I heard of you and um, it was sort of referenced like, Oh, you have to meet Jade. (laughs) And that is still deeply true. Even perhaps more so if we embrace that and as humans, we get better at being ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. So woman of much uh, wisdom and journey, can you tell us, um, we're going to go through all the things that we do with Jade is, Jade's a lot of things. So how do you define yourself these days? What are the roles that people are working with you now? Mm, I love that. Um, I always feel like the first thing I call myself is a mama. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I could say I am a woman. I am a human being. I am a mama. And otherwise, I am a midwife. I am a body worker um, and a pelvic care specialist. And sometimes I will say, I often, I also refer to myself as a medicine woman. I I'm glad not that we, you need somebody else to say that to you, but I feel like that title is, is thrown around. And then the people that have been quietly picking up stones of wisdom don't use it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I feel like you're someone that's journeyed through decades. And if the listener's like, wait a minute, did you just say midwife? Because that's a whole life path alone. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. So and just to kind of catch the reader, you were also an RN at one point. Isn't that true? Am I making that up? No, no, no. It is true. I became a nurse. Um, I finished becoming a nurse in 2003. And I spent about two years actually working as a nurse um, in the Mm -hmm. hospital, like labor delivery and postpartum. Yeah. So I have a short little bit as a nurse. Mm -hmm. And your midwifery where does that take, I mean, I, we're going to get through your journey, but just for, because midwife, a lot of people sometimes aren't really sure what that means really these days, you know, mm-hmm. like they don't understand that midwifery can happen in so many places. So where does yeah. your, where did, or does your midwifery occur? Well, my original kind of call to midwifery happened at a home birth. And I spent about four years working with a midwife who did home birth. And that was like in the late 1990s. And then um, when I went back to school and I got a master's in midwifery and became a nurse midwife, my nine years of being actively clinically working as a midwife was in either a birth center or a hospital. So I've actually, mm-hmm. I've actually worked, you know, in all the places that people birth, home, hospital, birth center. That's what I want everyone to know. Mm-hmm. I, you, you've seen birth in so many ways. Is that a fair way to yeah, say it? Yeah. Yep. So many ways, so many For, places. And so with body work, that's been what, 10, oh, no, 20 over, years? Yeah, over 20 years I've been doing body work. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the, some of the modalities are, you know, shorter lengths of time, but I've been doing, sure. you know, energy medicine, you know, body work, which includes massage and energy work and shiatsu and, you know, craniosacral and on and on all that, like 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. 
And so if someone's trying to do the math, <laughs> can you can you give us what decade you're in you're in? Are you in your third decade, your fourth decade, your fifth in decade? In my life, me personally. Mm-hmm. I am 47 mm-hmm. years old. <laughs> right. So but that's actually yeah. it's actually in, young for how like that's kind of what I want. Um, I know a little bit of your story and I think sometimes we feel like, oh, well, if you know what you want to do young, then it's still a straight line and you can be doing right. You can be doing it just so many, just like birth can happen in so many late ways, knowing what you want to do can be circuitous as well. Totally. Yeah. So. Okay, so where do we, um, and one of the reasons I'm so excited to, you know, if someone's like, there's a lot of leading questions on this episode, there is because we really could have you like on three or four episodes for different content and knowledge. And it it would not be um, just a weekend workshop warrior. Like you're kind of sitting on different um, cross sections of working with something for a long time. It's like, like you said, body work wasn't just one modality for five Mm -hmm. years. You know what I mean? Like there's been interlaying and, um, and personal wisdom and, Pelvic care is something people are, are finally saying out loud, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's something that is um, from the women that I talk to, and I would say from clients to friends, some are really comfortable with the idea of pelvic care and some are actually kind of terrified and some may even feel a bit ashamed, mm-hmm. like maybe something's broken mm-hmm. and that's why. And so that would be a really difficult place to meet someone to work on your most um, unspoken of, um, part of your body. Right. We'll just say it that way, you know? And so that's one of the reasons I'm really excited to have you on. So can you talk to us about, so if the, just for the listener, um, we will be putting your website, but you can tell us right now, what would be the, if someone's already like, wait, I have to look this woman up immediately. Who is she? (laughs) Where can we find you on the, on the web world? Thank you so much. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree with everything you said. And I can, my website is journeywithjade.com. So that's the way to contact me through the website. Um, you can email me or even just schedule a call with me. Great. So let's go, let's dial into your midwife. Um, you're a mom at this mm-hmm. point. And if I was looking at your life from the outside as a stranger, I could say you have, you're done. You have it figured out. Would that be fair? Like somebody could look at you, they might not be right, Mm -hmm. but somebody from the outside might be like, well, what do you, what more do you want? Right. That's an interesting. Why did pelvic? (sighs) Yeah. Why did pelvic care? What, what, how did this happen? That midwife wasn't the final stop. Mm -hmm. What was, what was kind of whispering to you that this was not the final stop? So, you know, I would say that along my whole journey, you know, the, at the, at the heart of it, like at the root of it, at the center of it has always been a passion for like women's healthcare, but like women's journeys and empowerment and just like the journey, you know, and also, you know, the the kind of awakening of the self and um you know and the and the journey to to full expression and so I think there's two pieces that have always been true there's a few pieces that have always been true for me and I think that so one is just women's health women's empowerment 
One is just my passion for like movement and dance and things like that. And the other is plant medicine. And so those things weave into midwifery like really well and organically and beautifully. And midwifery is like the work of a midwife is, is so incredible. And it, it the, just without all these other pieces that I just said, like there's a lot to hold and there's a lot to do. And the, the actual like lifestyle is a lot. And so I think for me, both professionally and personally, this drive to this feeling like there was more that I had to give, there's more that I have to serve and to offer. And I, it got hard to do that and keep up with like the lifestyle of just a mid, of being a midwife. Mm-hmm. How would you say, I know this is a big question, but what you said, women's like awakening and health, like mm-hmm. empowering women and their health, like how does that go together? I think it goes together because when a woman, I mean, really I could say when a person, cause this is true, I think for anyone, when anyone turns toward themselves um, for any level of healing of any kind of symptom that's present in their body, um, looking for something different, um, questioning something about their life, looking to have a better relationship, looking, you know, like when anyone turns toward themselves for any, for anything, um, for a physical reason, maybe an emotional reason, that can easily be part of the journey. I think turning towards yourself, um, maybe it, it may not be part of everyone's journey, but I think that sense of awareness or like awakening your ability to be self-aware is a possibility. Does that make sense? Oh, I, I think it's profoundly true and fascinating that almost every interview this year has addressed the issue or the invitation, not issue, the invitation of turning toward or going mm-hmm. within as being whatever, you know, the vertical, the person that I was speaking with. And, and I don't think that's a coincidence, no. you know, like whatever vertical you're in, you start to hear similar things, right? Like if you're catching babies, you might say, oh, a lot of women this year yeah, are, right? Yeah, like any vertical yeah. has something similar. Um, so, okay. So you're, turning towards and when you say plant medicine for someone listening can you talk to us about what that means yeah, to you because me, plant medicine yeah, can totally. mean a lot of things it's sort of mm-hmm. like a term that I just use to kind of encompass it all but for me it's herbal medicine so working with different medicinal plants for for healing um, and nourishing and also flower essences um, those are my two main ways of using what I would call plant medicine so you're journeying in, as a midwife and then you're realizing that maybe, because <clears throat> I think that's something a lot of people don't take into consideration is, is the, the demand on the yeah. midwife. And it's a, it's a huge one. It's, um, it's such a profound calling to, to be the one that helps a mama and a baby, you know, journey through that threshold. Yeah. Um, so and that threshold is the pelvis, right? Totally. So, it's like, so how did, like, how did, what tell us about what style you're doing in holistic pelvic care? Take us on a little bit of a journey, just, you know, whatever you feel called to, to share, you know, personally, or tell us a little bit about your teacher and mm. what does all this mean? Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, I can, I can, there's like a couple pieces in there that I think I can share. I mean, one is definitely my own personal journey, my own personal um, experience of having pelvic pain, of being in postpartum recovery, um, my own journey of, you know, a long labor, pushing my baby for a long time. I had an episiotomy, the healing of that, the pain with that, the long-term healing of that, all of that has driven me to want to do more for pelvic, pelvic care for other people. And also it's just, um, like taking me into my own needs and my own, you know, healing even deeper. And it's, um, you know, I don't, I'm not going to go into like, you know, in depth into that story, but definitely my own journey has sure. fueled it for sure. I mean, all, I think mm-hmm. that's true in a lot of ways for, for many of us. Um, and, but my journey, my journey of interest, curiosity, you know, um, with the pelvis and the uterus and the female anatomy, we could say, started like a long time ago, you know, and, um, like when, well, I mean, honestly, I think, I think as I got into, I would say probably like age 19, 20, when I really started to, um, like, I felt like there was other ways to deal with like my period, you know, there was Mm -hmm. other ways to deal with my own hormonal imbalances and my own symptoms around my menstrual cycle. And it might've even been earlier than that. At some point I was just like, there's gotta be a way like the gynecologist is telling me that I should take the birth control. And I don't really know anything. No one around me is using herbs. No one around me is really teaching me nutrition, but I knew a little bit about nutrition, but I just like, I just knew there was another way. And honestly, you know, I went to college, I started my college experience in Rhode Island. There was a little herb shop there and I went in, I bought my first book on herbal medicine and the journey unfolded. And, but it was my desire to like understand my body through like a different lens, not through, through a lens that was holistic, through a lens that, that helped me understand my body and didn't want to just give me something to like fix a symptom. Mm. And, um, and so, so that was a huge piece of it, right? Like I just wanted to understand my own body. And then, you know, fast forward a little bit of time, I, you know, I was deeply passionate about studying herbal medicine and I attended many conferences and at one of those conferences, um, oh my gosh, I'm welling up with tears. Every time I talk about Rosita Harvigo, I am just flooded with, with so, with such gratitude. And I met her at a conference and something like turned on. It was like everything she, I just wanted to learn everything I could from her. Everything mm-hmm. that, everything from the lineage that she, you know, was carrying forth um, from the Maya culture and from her uh, teachers, everything I wanted to learn. And so for like a few years, I went to everything I possibly could with her. Every time she came to a conference, um, and eventually I did, um, she teaches a method of massaging the abdomen um, 
to massage the pelvic organs and all of the abdomen. But when I first studied with her, what she was teaching was mostly a massage for the lower belly where we just were focusing on the uterus. So, so that was, that was a huge, that was huge. And that was, um, that was like 22 years ago. Mm. And so um, I'm kind of honestly, Kate, losing track. It's beautiful. I mean, it's so okay. So the seed is planted, and we can hear in your voice yeah. that the, the, that the, that something is coming forward. And then, yeah. then we fast forward that you um, have taken this journey. And one of the questions I was thinking of while you were talking is like, I wonder, um, and I you know answer this respectfully, but I'm wondering that sitting on so much wisdom as you're a midwife, a clinical midwife. What did you start to notice? Um, And and this question is kind of pulling from my own observation of being someone that, um, you know, had planned on a home birth turn, a hospital birth. And so that foot in both worlds and you're like witnessing a whole other way of approaching a body. I'll just say it that way. And Mm -hmm. I learned a lot. Um, And so I'm wondering with someone like yourself that is sitting on a lot of holistic experiences and knowing that they work because you've been working with people, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe not in that capacity. Now you're in midwife. And I'm wondering what you're watching about women's stories or their experiences that maybe started to have you turn away from the clinical perspective. And I'm not saying, or neither of us is saying that it was wrong. I'm just saying that you might, what, what do you feel about the women that you might've worked with or what you had seen that maybe had started to turn you towards the moment where you ultimately come back in contact with, with Rosita. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, I would say that when you were sharing, when you were asking me, you know, to to this question, um, what I really, what I really felt was that, um, you know, I've seen women birth in like so many different ways and in different, um, you know, capacities and different um, locations and um, all sorts of ways. And I think that I don't even know if this if this is exactly what you were leaning towards, but mm-hmm. it's just like there's a need. There's just this. There's a need for there's a need for um, support. And I mean, there's a need for a mind shift. Like there is a need Mm. for a shift, but like at the root of what a woman, the root of what a woman needs for me, in my experience, I didn't change like depending on the institution or, you know, the location that I was in, you know, the, need for the need for that midwifery presence or whatever you want to call it is 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 there that need for holding that need for the container the need for support the need for courage is there and then I think what I what you know what comes up for me is uh, you know I worked as a doula for many years and I did postpartum mm-hmm. care um, you know as a doula and I did some research in postpartum care, you know, while school, because I realized that there was such a need 
in not just like how we birth, but the fact that we have no, no, nothing that supports women afterwards for the most part. Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. you know, like we, we don't have, we don't have control over, we don't have control over birthing. We have control over how we respond to our experiences in life, but there is such mystery mm. in birth. Like there's just such mystery, but like when you're postpartum, I don't, I'm not saying you're in control of everything, but it's like, we could do such a better job at like giving women resources, giving women an understanding, just, just for women to know like, okay, like your, you, your body needs a certain level of care or, you know, your body, you know, you need a certain amount of care. You know, it's not just like, forget about yourself and carry on, you know? And so I think, um, I think that's like a lot of where I'm at now is like, I, I, I want to do, do more to, 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 um, to, to help make that shift, you know? Um, I, I do personally, yeah. actually, for the listener, because I felt like not from a pompous perspective, but I, as a body worker and somebody who's worked with different modalities, like I understood the body. And then after my birth, I was had, you know, I don't know what word you want to use, but just the grace to have friends and you were one of them. And I remember you're just like, just get on the, I'm just going to warm the oil and get on the table. And I'm like, oh, okay, Jade's going to work on me. And it's like, that is not what happened. I was put back together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes people hear women need resources mm-hmm. or they need this and they don't hear mm. nothing wrong happen. I think it's so beautiful what you said. We don't have control over birth, but we can make a decision how we respond. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you said that, that you, there are women and you are one of them that just, that you just show up with this wisdom and, it, and it, some of it is in jars of food that is warm, that is mindful, not of what is easy, but mm-hmm. what is needed and touching the body you know, really any warm touch could be helpful in that kind of like grounding the spirit back Mm -hmm. in, you know, even if the birth was the exact birth you wanted, Mm -hmm. whatever that means, you know, it's not like you failed. So Mm -hmm. you get B, you succeeded, you get A. I think part of that and what I'm listening is dismantling that not only for the culture, but for the woman, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like if you, if you gave birth and you had, you know, let's say you had a short, you know, several hours of labor, it wasn't that exhausting. You pushed for a reasonable amount of time, maybe let's say less than an hour. It was easy for you to push your baby out. Maybe you had a little tear. Maybe you didn't have any tear at all. So you might not have like pain in your body. You might, but you might not, you might not feel like what someone would feel if they, had a long labor, pushed for a long time, had a cesarean, had some significant tearing or episiotomy, whatever. But the reality is every pelvis, every pelvic floor, every woman in her totality needs nurturing and needs care and that tissue in in the pelvis needs attention. And so it's not, and I think, so there's, there's that piece alone 
that's just not yeah can I ask yeah. you a simple question why why does that tissue need care because the act of giving birth the act of the the, the whole process of being pregnant um, puts a body or a, like a constitution of someone's body it puts the body into another kind of experience like literally like the physiology changes in a body and so then you then you go through labor and birth even if it's some, what someone would call easy or not that difficult or whatever you know something like that then it's like it's still like a triumph for the body like there's still all this physiology that's like firing and changing and then going through it and then it's like done and what you're left with is so even if it's even if the body is designed for this in, in its absolute perfection because it's so incredible it's still um it still can be like uh create imbalance it can still create like mm -hmm. leftover during um change in the tissue in the body in the muscles in the fascia in the energy in the organs so that's what you're that's what you're addressing i mean sometimes you're just addressing that and sometimes you're addressing like even more drastic effects you know so for some people I would imagine hearing this, it might sound like this is a new idea, pelvic care. Can you speak? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Can you speak to, yeah. but, but yeah. it is though. Yeah. And they're courageous for even wanting to learn. Right. So I, I laugh, but I'm not laughing. If you're one of those people, I didn't just laugh at you. I'm laughing at like, we all thought that maybe this was new. Like we might've been in a current where we were just like, Oh yeah, I'm just supposed to handle this miracle myself. It's just because we don't <laughs> understand it or talk about yeah. it. I just must yeah. be fine. Right. So, so I'm not, I'm definitely not laughing at yeah. the woman. So can you talk? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your teacher and, yeah, and how this that. isn't new. I totally love that. So it's not new. It is, it is new for a lot of us because it's not something that we've known and we are mm -hmm. products of a culture that um, is, is, is a push oriented, driven oriented culture where Whereas a mother, as a woman, you, we learn from our environment, we learn from our culture and from our society. And so when we step into motherhood, we continue that same mode. And what oftentimes, what often happens is that we don't, we don't include our own nurturing and care. So we don't, we don't seek it because we're so busy nurturing others. So there, that's one piece of why it's actually new because it actually requires a shift to actually acknowledge that you deserve care and need care. So that's one shift of why it's new. But why it's not new is because all around the world, cultures have been honoring mothers after they give birth with protocols and herbs and food and massage and warmth and heat and community, you know, especially in that initial postpartum period. Some people label it as the first 40 days. Some people call it the first 42 days. And that is one of the beauties of what I've learned from Rosita Arvigo and the other teachers that pass along her teachings because 
for centuries, the Maya people, that she learned from her teacher, Donnelly Heoponti, a shaman who lived to be 103. Hundreds of women, thousands of women traveled to see him so that he could massage their wombs. They knew, they knew that if the uterus was not in its proper position, so many, it's like a domino effect. So many other things in their body, in their life, in their spirit, in their mind would be out of balance. And other midwives and healers that Rosita studied with all, like they knew it. They knew that abdominal massage was essential for life and essential after giving birth and for so many other like things that women suffer from. And the other thing that they, that they knew was that bringing warmth to the womb was important. So, you know, there's a, is becoming very popular now is, is the sense of pelvic steaming or people call yoni steaming or vaginally bringing warmth of herbs up toward the pelvis um, by sitting on like a stool or a chair and having a warm pot of herbs brewing on, you know, steaming up. And in Mexico, they have the um, tomate sol. It's like this hut of warmth. So my point is all around the world, in all different cultures, there's different ways of, of to support and care for a woman after she has a baby and that's why it's not new it's just new it's new in our modern world it's not new in the cultures that are steeped in traditions um and just so much older than you know our what we would call like our modern world i guess thank you for that jade when you in your journey, when you turned towards that choice of becoming um, an Arvigo practitioner, how did that start to change? You know, it sounds like you had these seeds, right? And yeah. then there's a commitment. Yeah. We, can, the, we can hear it in your voice. So how does that start to change where people meet you and what, like, just tell us a little bit about maybe okay. how, how you work with people, but keeping in that tone of like, you know, you took a turn, yeah. right? Your, your mama, your yeah. woman, midwife, yeah. and now you're turning. Well, mm -hmm. You know, way back when I first met Rosita and learned how to massage my pelvic organs, you know, through the abdomen, it was a practice that I did for a long time. And as other things go, you know, sometimes things fade out or whatever, and then you come back around to them. Coming back around... And finally, it was a dream for so long to, you know, study this at a professional level. Um, I work with women from preconception through postpartum. I wouldn't even just call it postpartum through the rest of their lives, let's say. Um, and what I know for myself is that um, the commitment that I have or I, want to, I don't even want to say that because sometimes commitment is like intimidating because you're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't know. But the reality is, the reality <laughs> is that I love how I feel and what has happened in my, to, to me and my body because I do the massage on myself and what I see in my clients. And the thing that I, the thing that I love about what I do, because I also work, I also do internal work through the vagina that I learned, uh, it's called holistic pelvic mm -hmm. care. And so I do both external work and internal work. And both using both of those modalities, I teach my clients how to work on themselves. And when you 
have these tools, you have um, something that like supports your well-being like for the rest of your life. And when my clients mm-hmm. start to do their self-care massage and they start to feel the effects of it, they keep doing it. And that's why I wanted to erase the commitment. Like when I, when I did the professional training, mm. I totally was in that like mindset of like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to fit it in? Oh my God. And I even asked the teacher, I said, can you just give me like, I know we could do this every day, but can you just give me like, what's the bare minimum? Because I don't want to, I know that I'm going to be hard on myself if I don't do it every day. And I don't think I'm going to do it every day. Um, because my life is, you know, busy and blah, blah, blah. I said, so, and she's like, how about just twice a week? And I was like, okay. Like at that point in time, Mm -hmm. yeah. I could hear the exhale. At that point Mm -hmm. in time, that's what I could like, that's what was comfortable for me. But it didn't take long until like something dissolved about like the timing and the busyness and all of that. So where I was like, okay, like I love doing this every day, you know? And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I don't do it every day, but I, you know, and I still feel great because there's a cumulative effect, but I would say that's, you know, I love giving people the gift of self-care. I love giving people the tools to work on their own anatomy, to work on their own energy, to work on their own beautiful sacred bodies that they have and for them to keep feeling, you know, more amazing and more empowered, that's where the empowerment piece comes in. You know how empowered you feel when you get mm-hmm. to know your body? When you, when a woman gets to know her pelvic anatomy and her energy and that there's possibility, like you don't have to suffer, like that's empowerment. That exactly. Is like, it know? is empowerment. And so, so I'm, I mean, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you, but I'm going to ask you technically anyway. Is it too late for the woman that's listening? And she's like, well, my son's 16. Absolutely not. It's never too late. It's never too late. Honestly, even women that have hysterectomies and they no longer have um, the organ of their, you know, uterus or their ovaries, sometimes the ovaries are taken to, you benefit from all of this, all of it. You benefit, you benefit. You don't need to have the organ to benefit from from what the results are from this type of work. And why would someone have, I'm not asking you to give me like every single, but why would someone have internal work? Because I know a lot, I can even hear listeners go, you know, that like internal. Totally. (laughs) It's like our most sacred place. And it's like you started off the call talking about just, you like named it right away, like shame, you know, guilt, disconnection, we, we, um, this is the, this is the absolute truth, whether we know it or not, we hold so Mm -hmm. much in our pelvic space and in our pelvic anatomy. And that's why it's, yes, Yes, ma'am. Thank you. We don't even know Mm -hmm. it like a stressful day at work that has nothing to do with your pelvis is like in your musculature there. And so here's the thing. It's like, Some women come for internal work because they have physical pain. They have pain. Like one example, like one or two examples of like, what would somebody diagnose it as? As pelvic pain. Uh, You have have pain with intercourse. Mm -hmm. That's one. Okay. 
Because that's yeah. really common, really, actually. Yeah. People don't want to say oh, it, yeah. but it's, it's really, really common. common. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Pelvic pain for some people even is like painful menstruation. Um, you know, people with fibroids have pain. Sometimes people that have, you know, ovarian cysts have pain. Some people have emotional and pain from, you know, past trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say when yeah. I say pelvic pain, it's like so it's- people usually are feeling some kind of pain and some people just have pain like they don't know where it is they just feel like and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not pain but some people feel just like this pressure like you feel like something's like almost like down between your legs or just like lower pressure in like your lower pelvic area like down into your genitals like you just feel this like heavy pressure so sometimes people don't feel pain they just feel discomfort you could call it like it's uncomfortable but it's not Thank you for that. Yeah. And that's all something that could be addressed. That's what I want Mm -hmm. people to hear. All of this is, 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 um, available to, to, to be investigated. Some women just know they want to like get to know their body more, or they just want to have a more of a connection or they want to understand, like most women after they have a baby or just even I think through the lifespan, they just don't, we don't understand our bodies. Sometimes we just don't know. And that's all goes back to just like, we're not taught. That's why these modalities are so amazing because once you know how to care for yourself, like there's so much there's because we hold so much in our pelvis. It also means there's like so much there for us to open to and to connect to. And when you learn how to take care of your body, like um, then you just, then you start to understand it more, you know, you just start to like, Mm -hmm. And you don't have to know like what every name of every part is really. Um, It's not like I'm giving you like amazing anatomy lessons or anything. (laughs) I mean, maybe a little bit is built in there, but I'm just saying, you don't have to like, you know, get to know it by name. Um, Well, I think part of that is, you know, in an age of like so much like, well, is that confirmed? Is this, do you have a study for this? It's like, there's also a space for body knowledge and wisdom of this feels good to me, this doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel what I'm hearing part, you know, depending on where we are, like if we're in pain, you know, especially if it's debilitating us, that's one conversation. You might just be like, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll listen to yeah. anything, you know what I mean? Or, or, or the numbing would be the opposite of pain of like, you know, I know that some women are like, I just, I just not like it's like yeah. it's not even there you know yeah. and that's the same thing yeah and I've um, had women but I feel like you're empower- no, I've yeah had go ahead times where I've you've had you know done a guided like I've been invited to do a guided practice for a group and you know I've had women raise their hand and say like what if I don't feel anything like what if I don't feel like I can connect and I think it's really common I think it's really common to like mm-hmm. to not be able to like tune into your pelvic space we'll call it or your pelvic area um, your womb, your vagina, your ovaries, all these parts. Like, I, I think it's, I think it's really common to not feel like you like have a connection to that part of those parts of you or to know how, and, you know, the, the worst thing you could do is to stop trying. And the best thing you could do would be to just mm. be like, let that be okay. And let that be your motivation to continue to do something to cultivate a connection. In the world, in, in the year we're in right now, depending on when somebody's listening, how, 
do you work with people only in person or do you work with them remotely? Can we talk a little bit? Because I know at this point there are women that are like, yeah. I need to talk to this woman. So how, what if I'm, you know, in Nebraska and you're in Pennsylvania? Like, what can I, what, how can I meet with you? Yes. Or can I meet with you? Is you can totally can meet with me. Um, you, we can do virtual sessions um, where, you know, just as if we were in person, we would, you know, connect about what's going on and we can cultivate, you know, develop a plan for working together for you to, um, you know, learn self-care. Um, and then the other piece that I do virtually is I can do what I call energy medicine remotely and I can work with the flower essences remotely. So it's not only can I teach you the self-care tools, the techniques, the abdominal massage, internal work, um, it's, I can teach you that and we can do like what we call remote healing. So I can, you know, you can lay down and actually receive a treatment. Um, it's not like, obviously my hands aren't on you, but they're focusing on you. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I've had a lot, I've had like some good um, experience with that. A lot of like good success. In the I'm sure. So virtually we mm -hmm. can work one-on-one. -on -one. Um, next year, there will definitely be some group opportunities to join together and work together um, online remotely. Um, and if you do live anywhere near Philadelphia, which is where I live outside of the city right now, um, you know, we can we can work in person um, as well. I um, I. I hope that whoever is listening goes on to journeywithjade.com and, and, and knows that like you, you have the personal in, invitation to have an email start. I heard you on rebirth and I was wondering, mm -hmm. like you, you can mm -hmm. absolutely send that email and not even worry about if you move forward or not, or if you want to get on Jade's newsletter, cause you're like, I think I want to, but I'm a little scared. Then just hop on her newsletter. So when there's like a group offering, or I also know that you do, um, yeah, don't you do some lives in Facebook great and way get to stay it, yeah. connected with me? I created a Facebook group. It's a private group called the Pelvic Healing Collective, and it is a group of you know however many members. And I um, I do right now. I'm showing up weekly to do live live um, practices, I share different information, there's tons of videos, all the things I've done live are there. So you can, you have to at request to join the Facebook group. Um, there's some questions for you to answer and then um, agree to the rules. And then I admit you in to the private collective. And then <laughs> you can see all the videos of just sharing different practices, things about the pelvic anatomy, things about just yourself whatever we share different things and so it's a great way to just stay tapped in to tune in and to start to even um gather some some tools to work with jade thank you so much for making the time to share a part of your journey with us it's really an honor to have you and um and and have that invitation for the for the woman that things like I don't know if I could ever, because I, I can tell you, I can tell you, let's put it this way, that I told a couple people I was going to talk to you and they were like visibly relieved because they're scared to pick mm -hmm. up the phone. To call me? To mm. call anyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I thank you. And, um, and I encourage the woman that is 
wondering if this is the right move, I can say that I've worked on Jade. I work, Jade has worked on me right before my son came and then after. And I, I remember on my, before he came, I'm like, you should work on everyone that's having somebody birthed. <laughs> like, <laughs> because there's just, you are, it, you know, everyone has uh, a need for pelvic care. I understand that. And if you have had birth, it, I have had another midwife say, oh, yeah. it should just be part of the protocol. Like, stop thinking that it has mm-hmm. to be an additional piece. It's just something exactly. you do after you do yeah. that. So yeah, Thanks for making it accessible absolutely. to us, Jade. I really appreciate it. Um, Jade at uh, journeywithjade.com on Instagram. You are Journey with Jade yeah, as journey well. Journey period with period. No, yeah, Journey period with period Jade on Instagram. And on Facebook. Thanks, Jade. Have a great Thank rest you of your so day. Much. Thank you for listening to this episode with Rebirth. If you feel called to work with Jade, you can find her at journeywithjade.com on her website. You'll get a free pelvic bowl meditation. You can um, inquire into her plant medicine. You can connect with her Facebook group. You can schedule a connection call to work with her online or in person. You can follow her her at on Instagram at journey.with.jade um, where she'll be sharing inspiration updates Um, ways to stay rooted Uh, if you want to stay connected with me find out jump on our newsletter community so go to capebreton.com join on our newsletter you'll have insider updates uh, inspirations and of course we share you know some insider deals things to say thank you for being a part of the rebirth community this year more than ever we are being asked to step forward into who we're truly here to be and we want to help support your rebirth